Hi, this is Andrew Levy, and I want to talk to you about two new codes of good practice that have just been gazetted, uh, and to let you know that we are going to be doing two Zoom seminars to dig deep into these on the 31st of May and the 2nd of June, and I'll give you details at the end of this podcast should you want to sign up for those. Now, let's just take a step backwards. Perhaps the most significant change in approach in the 1995 Labor Relations Act was the move from the command and obey paradigm, as I call it, um, into the whistleblowing paradigm. Now, what do I mean by that? If you looked at labor law prior to that date, it was very much engraved on stone, thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that. Um, Those are the rules, you must obey them, and we are the police. In this case, the police were the Department of Labor, and given that there were very few labor inspectors and a large, large number of workplaces, uh, people felt it's okay to break the law uh, if they're policing it, and if they don't catch me, that's fine. And that was the approach that was taken. Now, with the 95 new LRA, um, the practice was to adopt codes, standards of behavior. And this has worked extremely well throughout the world as a means of regulating labor relationships. The fundamental idea behind codes is that we're not going to tell you what you have to do. And we're not going to police it either. What we will do is we will give you um, guidelines as to what a decent employer would do. You don't have to uh, follow those guidelines, but if you don't, uh, we'll make sure that your own employees can blow the whistle on you. Uh, The ref will then come over, being the CCMA in this case, and they will say, well, if you didn't follow the guidelines... That's okay, provided you've got a good reason. But if you haven't got a good reason, then in fact you're going to be in trouble. So fundamentally what this does is it relies on self-disciplining. It relies on the employer following the code because he believes either that that's a better way to do business or he knows that if he departs, um, his own employees will be the first to uh, complain. And that's why, just in passing, access to the CCMA is so easy and so cheap. Uh, It's because the idea is that every single employee becomes a labor inspector. In any event, in 95, we got the Code of Good Practice on dismissal, still the single most important of all of the codes, but we have many, many others, regulation of working time, employment equity, equal pay, Uh, the issue of uh, people who are HIV positive, and so on and so on. And we've just had gazetted two new ones. The first one is interesting because it deals with COVID. Um, And what has happened is that, as you all know, the state of national disaster has been repealed. So we no longer have the circumstances where the process of making law and regulation is truncated and they can make these laws and regulations very very quickly we now are back to the normal parliamentary process which is much longer nevertheless um, with these codes 
We've got a code that is called the Code of Practice on Managing COVID in the Workplace, and those are the recommended standards of behaviour, recommended practices in the realm of COVID now that the regulations from the disaster condition uh, have been suspended. Now, as you might well expect, they deal with uh, issues such as can you have a mandatory vaccination policy? A short answer is yes, you can. Um, what about employees who refuse vaccination? Can they be dismissed? The answer again is yes, they can, but big caveat here. Uh, it's not that it's not simple. It is not a quick process because, as always, you need to look at all the possible alternatives prior to dismissal. It deals with questions as who is responsible for paying for quarantine under COVID. Uh, if you self-quarantine, is it sick pay? If you test positive, is it sick pay? If you have a test, who has to fund that, the employer or the employee? How do you involve your employees, your shop stewards, your unions? Do you need to have special committees? And so on and so forth. Can an employee, most interestingly, legitimately refuse to work if they believe that there is a, uh, and it's a reasonable belief, um, a threat to their health and safety because of COVID? And the answer is yes, they can. But there's a procedure spelt out in terms of how that is done and how that is dealt with on an expedited basis. So there's a great deal of material in there in terms of the employer's obligations in the, I won't say post-COVID world, but in the world where we no longer have uh, uh, the state of national disaster, um, which we all hope, of course, will uh, remain uh, in abeyance and that we won't have another wave which calls the national state back in. But in the meantime, there is still a lot to be said and a lot to be done in respect of covid so um, come along to our seminar and we'll webinar. We'll tell you all about that. The second code is equally interesting. It's a very lengthy document and it's called the Code of Good Practice, Prevention and Elimination of Harassment in the Workplace. Now, as you might figure from that word, harassment, it's about as wide as it's long. It's a very, very general term. So what are we interested in? Um, we are interested in uh, concepts such as bullying, workplace bullying, as well as racist behavior, as well as sexist behavior, um, and all of those related things. And the employer, in terms of the code, has a very, very strong obligation to take positive steps to make sure that the working environment is safe and free from all of these things and that there is a proper procedure in place in terms of dealing with complaints that arise under this heading. Okay. Now, perhaps the most important or interesting starting point is um, how do we unpack the uh, very, very broad term harassment so we need to spend quite a bit of time on that. We need to look at the broadness of the code, which in fact goes beyond the workplace. 
and it talks about the world of work. And so on a strict interpretation, um, and the code actually deals with this, that if you provide transport to your employees to and from work, albeit before work or after work, in other words, not in working hours, you as the employer are obliged to make sure that that is a safe environment. Okay, we've got a new test for sexual harassment, which makes the uh, distinction, uh, which is quite fine, between unwanted and unwelcome uh, conduct. So we need to think about that. Uh, And then, of course, there is always the uh, sadly hearty perennial of racism. Uh, What is racism? And equally importantly, to allege that someone is a racist without good reason for making that allegation, that in itself is regarded quite rightly as a racist remark. So we need to be able to see things in a way which is devoid of all judgment based on colour. And I think that uh, just in passing, most South Africans are able to do that. But, you know, if pushed, one might well revert to type. So that's something we need to think about. And that's why um, there are obligations on the employer to provide training and learning, education and policies in the workplace to develop them uh, with unions when they are there with their employees and to propagate these through the organisation to prevent this. Uh, And of course, there are liabilities should you fail. Now, we have no reliable data in terms of the frequency or the incidence of bullying, of harassment, of racism, uh, etc. in the workplace. So we can't say it's one in 50, it's one in 25, it's one in 10. But I have no doubt that it is particularly, if you look at sexual harassment, uh, which involves all those kinds of sexual innuendos and undertones, that it is quite rife. But then, of course, you've got to balance that against the, uh, the fact that the birds and the bees operate. We are humans, and in fact, all um, encounters of a uh, wanted sexual nature uh, start off with trying to give signals and trying to read signals and to understand those signals. Now, that's the way the game goes. And to distinguish those from the line that is crossed where this doesn't remain as a sort of, I won't say innocent, but, but as normal human behavior, but in fact now becomes unwanted or unwelcome, is quite a fine point. And there's no doubt that the employer needs to take special steps in this regard. Um, and in passing, yes, we do have uh, a particular and specific training material Um, in these areas, but right now I'm not going to punt those, save to say um, you can look on our website, uh, Levy Africa, which is our training website, or my website, our website, Andrew Levy Employment, and you'll find details of those. But for the time being, um, let me say that we have these two Zoom webinars, 31st of May, 2nd of June, and we would welcome you, plenty of opportunity to participate Um, Have a look at the flyers, look at the questions we're going to deal with, see if these resonate with you, and if so, then we would love to welcome you. All you need to do is to uh, contact Cecilia, 
who's uh, our conference coordinator and also my PA, 0832270286, and ask for a reservation form. And uh, if you have any inquiries that go beyond the promotional material, I would be delighted to hear from you uh, in person and I will uh, get back to you and try and uh, deal with your question or your problem. And you can get me at Andrew at andrewlevy.co.za and the Andrew Levy is one word, lowercase, and the Levy part is L-E-V-Y, Lima Echo Victor Yankee, and of course our website where you will be able to access all of our podcasts and we've got a, a large range of them, all practical in nature, and that is www.andrewlevy.co.za. So I hope I'll be able to welcome a number of you at the seminar. Uh, But in the meantime, I hope you found this podcast of interest and um, we look forward to our next session together. Thank you and stay safe. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.